Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast, episode 39. Today's guest is Debbie Viola, and we talk about her membership launch, which uh, was, you know, imperfect. She took imperfect action. She didn't overthink. She just went with it. And I think that's really important. But she also has, you know, really great mindset about everything. She got it down. And also the membership right now, she's keeping it open for people who are, you know, in this coronavirus thing at the time of the recording. I think that's a great idea. So let's just dig into it. Have you launched your online course with great success? Or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar and I'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone. In this podcast, we talk about all kinds of launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, and today I got Debbie with me. How are you, Debbie? Hi, Ken. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. It's great. We tried to make this happen a long time ago, but we're finally here, and I'm really excited about that. What before we get started, you know, talking about your launch, why don't you just tell a little bit about yourself and you know where you came from and how you ended up where you're at now? Okay, well, um, I was always creative, but I never had the opportunity to paint. My guidance counselor in high school forced me to take algebra instead of art. <laughs> I guess maybe I was just a frustrated artist in kindergarten. Um, I cried one day because I had a missed finger painting because I was sick, but I never had the opportunity to paint. Mm-hmm. Straight out of high school, I became a legal secretary and I went into the legal field. I worked in um, a big firm in New York City for over 20 years. But when I was 40, I finally picked up a paintbrush. We put a new uh, bathroom in our house and I asked my husband, I convinced him, let me see what I could do with the walls. And if it doesn't come out good, it's just paint. Mm -hmm. And um, I wound up doing this beautiful, like glazed, blended faux finish. You know, at the time there was no real internet. So I just went to the library and got books and things like that. And it came out great. And the contractors were still working in my house and they're like, you've got to quit your day job. You're better than any professionals. And that just like (laughs) sparked something in me. And suddenly I wanted to learn everything I could about painting and art. It just became like this passion of mine. It, It lit me up so much. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, And so I get more books and things like that. And um, so slowly, it was just like a developing hobby. You know, I never, ever, ever dreamed that it would be a whole career shift. And I would quit mm-hmm. my job to pursue my love of painting. Yeah, But um, that, that wound up being exactly what I did because of the events on, you know, September 11, 2001. It was just mm-hmm. terrific. I was in the city saw everything that happened and my boss was just my boss of 23 years was just like such a jerk as I was leaving after seeing the buildings come down I was so upset he like you know followed me to the elevator with work since you're leaving leaving early could you do this at the dorm because he knew that I was going to my daughter's um dorm she was a freshman at Barnard College like about 
you know, a few miles away. And I just wanted to be with her at that moment. And he was still thinking about his work. He, he had just been screaming. He thought his friend was in the building at a meeting. It was, that just sums up what I put, with, put up with. So at that moment, as the elevator doors closed, I decided I am done. Mm-hmm. And it felt like financial suicide. I didn't have any business plan. I still don't have a written business plan, but here I am almost 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. Something worked out, obviously. So. Yeah. I, I just made it work. I just took my passion of painting. And the first thing I did was I painted some flowers on wine glasses and I put a bottle of wine and wrapped it all up and went to a a realtor in like a high end neighborhood Mm -hmm. where I live. And I just walked in and said, you know, these would make great closing gifts. And then I had a little photo album of a couple of, you know, um, wall finishes that I had done my house and my sister-in-law's house and nothing came of it. But a week later, the woman realtor called me. She said, you know, I hate wallpaper and I've been wanting to do my dining room over. And I was thinking about, you know, the pictures that you showed me, could you come give me an estimate? Mm. It wound up being a $2,000 job. So that was like, oh my God, that was the first real job I had from doing it. And I felt like, okay, there is hope that this can Mm -hmm. be done, you know? And of course the jobs after that are few and far in between. Is that the right way to say it? Because you need referrals. Like nobody knew me really. And then the Mm -hmm. next person happened to be her friend. So it's very slow going to build up. And, you know, I didn't do any proper marketing or advertising, but somehow I managed to uh, stay afloat. And my husband and I, you know, uh, my husband just said, look, you know what you have to do. If this isn't going to work out financially, you just have to go get another job. What are you going to do? So um, I'm glad he had that attitude and we gave it some time to see if it was really going to take off and it did. I'm still standing and yeah. over the years I've, I've evolved. That's for sure. You know, pivot and doing all sorts of things still artistically and still with painting. Hmm. But back then, obviously it wasn't online. I mean, Not 2001, that's, that's ages ago. <laughs> like it's, it feels like it's ages ago. Well, at least, at least yeah. in the internet world, it's a long time ago. And yes. yeah online courses wasn't really a thing or definitely not not memberships. Um, So how, I mean, obviously this was a lot of, you know, showing up personally, doing all those sales, that kind of way. When did that shift from that personal follow-up to the online world? How was that shift? Well, I'm actually still doing it now. Uh, I'm still doing my local decorative painting, but I'm 61 and I figured it's time to get off of ladders and scaffolds. Mm -hmm. You know, I've while I'm ahead. And um, so about, I'd say about three years ago, I started doing like research online. I'm like, there's got to be a better way. How how can I sell my art online? By that time, I had also been doing paintings and I was selling them locally to interior designers. But I said, there's got to be a way that I could like scale that and sell my art online. Mm -hmm. So I would just do constant research and falling down, you know, the rabbit hole, like constantly, you know, you look up one thing and then you spend like 10 hours and it, you come out on another <laughs> end. And it was just never ending, but it was all stuff that I didn't know. Yeah. And I realized that I certainly realize it now that my problem had always been, I would learn and learn some more and learn, but I never stopped to implement. Mm, right. I never stopped to say, oh, wow, this, this is a site where I could like um, put 
put my art on mugs, for example, and try to sell mugs. No, mm -hmm. I would say, okay, that's good to know. And let me see what else is out there. So yeah. honestly, it really, I'm embarrassed to say, but it was about three years of just constantly um, looking and looking and feeling yeah. you know, discouraged that, oh, this isn't right for me. And I never felt right about selling. Mm -hmm. Then I started coming across like creative business coaches and I started following them. And then I was learning that there are people that transitioned their knowledge. I mean, I had 20 years of decorative painting experience. Mm -hmm. I've won all sorts of local awards and things. I had knowledge that I could transfer online in this new online world. You know, it was new to me. Being yeah. Old, you know. Oh, it's, um, it, it's absolutely impressive, to be honest, you know, going, doing this for so long and just finally figuring out, I'm going to put this online. It, I mean, it's amazing. And it's a lot to learn, to be honest. It is a lot to learn. And that's, you know, that's my frustration. I always <laughs> feel like, you know, listening to coaches and people that, that have that marketing and that ability, you know, mm -hmm. that it comes natural to you to do things online. I'm not telling you, look, in order for you to be successful online, you have to learn how to paint this rose. And if you can't paint this rose, it's not going to work. You know what I mean? But me as an artist, I'm being told the only way that it's going to work is you have to learn something totally new that you have no clue about. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's an unfair disadvantage that us <laughs> creative people have that have no technological skills. But, you know, I'm slowly starting to learn. And, you know, the other alternative is hire somebody. But, you know that's the whole that's the whole thing you have to get get it up and running first before you know what to ask for you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's important that we know just a little bit about everything that we need to do right. so that we can hand it off to somebody else and we would know yes. kind of what to expect to get back exactly so you know if they're doing it right or not yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but so i was very inspired i came across um someone in my fields that uh, several years ago, uh, she decided it was time for her to get off the ladders and she wanted a scale. And uh, she made a video teaching how to paint cabinets mm -hmm. and she sold within the first year, a hundred thousand dollars worth of wow. video. Just, and just based on that. Just based on that. And, and now she's the superpower, Jennifer Allwood. Um, yeah. So she, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I know about Jennifer. Yeah, so she's the first real person that I related to, like, oh, my God, she's in my field. She's been in decorative paint for 18 years, mm -hmm. and um, if she could do it, maybe I can, too. So then I followed her more closely, and after that, then I started learning about memberships. I learned about Stu McLaren, mm -hmm. and that was the – I've taken several courses over the years to try to figure things out, but after taking uh, Tribe, that was the one time that I said, if I can't make this work, then I just got to, like – go find a job somewhere mm -hmm. you know i just have to call this a hobby and be done with it so yeah do you feel like it's been like chasing shiny objects for you along the yes. way yes yeah? i've learned that it's part of like having a creative brain because when i see other people saying the same thing I'm like okay maybe i'm not just crazy maybe it's not just me you know because it is difficult because you always feel like you want to make the right decision and do the right thing you know what mm -hmm. if i do this wrong so you know it's like I would never think of getting behind the wheel of a car if I didn't 
learn. You know, when I was mm-hmm. say driver's ed, it wasn't driver's ed. I'm thinking back, my husband taught me how to drive, but he would take me out every night and teach me and go in the parking lots and stuff. And then I had to go pass the test and get my permit. And that validated me that, oh, now you could drive. Mm-hmm. But now I have no validation. It's like, oh, wait, I, sh- I need to learn how to do emails. I need to do an opt-in, a sales funnel. Wait, I don't know how to do any of that. So I always yeah. held myself back. And I still kind of, well, I still do because I feel like I should be so much further than I am. But you know. Yeah, but it's a journey. And like yeah. I said, there's nobody there handing you a diploma at the end of, you know, you, right. when you learn something. It's yeah. just, you, yeah, you finish another course and, oh, here's another course. <laughs> and exactly. it, it kind of continues. But uh-huh. absolutely, it's a journey from, you know, starting out and just figuring out where do I begin even, you know, and then you build on that. And as time goes by, obviously, uh, you'll learn more new stuff. But uh, I think it has a lot to do with experience as well. Uh, after a while, you will start to get to somewhere. I guess for your point is that you came to Stu McLaren and Tribe, and that's kind of where you kind of realized, okay, enough is enough. This right. I need to implement something here. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, that journey from three years till you met, came across tribe, you know, that was your moment when you kind of figure out that this has to work. Exactly. Yes. Um, Yeah. Sorry. And after a pivotal moment for me to actually take action was I did go to the tribe live event in Toronto, which was amazing. Mm, Yeah. It was so inspiring. And um, I actually raised my hand and spoke in front of the thousand people there and told them my, wow in my story. And I, I just thanked Stu for giving me the courage and cause I actually felt courageous being there that I'm going to go home and I'm going to do this. I'm just going to pick a date. And I forced myself to pick a date and my birthday is October 17th. So I says I'm launching and I said it out loud, I'm launching on October 17th and just to force myself to take action and do something. And then after that, I was like, Oh my God, now what do I do? How do I launch? You know, I have too much to do it. I don't have a long enough runway. I'm not doing anything right. And at the time a publisher had um, contacted me about writing a book because she was so inspired by my story of how I quit my job and, mm-hmm. you know, turn my passion into, you know, my vocation and my living, a New York publisher. And it wasn't supposed to be due until like several months down the road. But at about the same time that I announced I was launching, they're like, you know, we want you to get moving on this now. So now I had to wow. like write, write this book and get my launch going <laughs> at the same time. So there were many moments I was up till many nights. I was up till 4 a.m. trying to do both. <laughs> yeah, because this was in June, was it? And then you're going to launch in October? August. I was in so, August. So Okay. August. Was in August and I picked the date of October 17th. So not ah. even months. It, it was very short, a short runway. Okay. Then I understand kind of why you get stressed. About it, yeah, so talk, about, talk about imperfect action. I'm the poster child for that, but I took action. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm proud that I took action. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the book that you mentioned, is that, has that been released yet or is that something that's coming out? Not yet. It's coming out soon, uh, probably right after, um, you know, this pandemic is over, hopefully. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. So that has been in the works for nine months, approximately? Yeah, that's been in the works for nine months. It's a, it's my story of how I got started and my background and all that, but it's also, uh, the publisher also wanted it to be 
uh, kind of like a coffee table lookbook. So there's pictures of my work, what me mm-hmm, describing, mm-hmm. you know, the different scenarios and, and the process for my art and things like that. And little like step-by-step, like I have a, there's a chapter on doing stripes. And then like the first page of the chapter is a, a brief description on how to get started. So it's going to appeal to like the do-it-yourselfers, interior designers, so they could show their clients, look at all the mm-hmm. possibilities, and they could work with local and, you know, local decorative painters. And when they call me, they actually said to me, we want you to inspire women all over the world with your story. And I'm like, <laughs> are you sure you have the right person? This is Debbie Viola. I'm like, oh, no, yes, yes, you. We've been following you for years. I'm like, get out of here. I don't understand, yeah. but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> well, that's so funny. Uh, I've said this uh, many times in many episodes that we never know who is yeah. watching and who's listening to you. What, exactly. what, it's so important to just show up and do your thing. That's that it. Is. But it's amazing, though, that you have a book coming out. I mean, that uh, I would assume that a lot of people have that big dream of, you know, publishing a book. That's like huge. So it's amazing that you got that deal. It is. I'm j- I'm just so amazed. Now I'm also nervous because, oh my God, that means I have to learn about launching a book and doing all that stuff. But, you know, that's a whole other uh, rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Well, hopefully they can help you with some of that. I, I would like to believe that they will. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, okay, let's talk about that launch that you had decided mm-hmm. that you're going to do well yes. a few months after you uh, decided you do that. Uh, did you have a plan when you said that I'm going to launch this October 17th? Um, you know, I mean, a I went, slight idea, maybe <laughs> a slight idea was, I don't even know how to make an opt-in. I don't know what a good opt-in would be for my people. I'm not even quite sure who my people are, mm-hmm. but what I do know is I've been slowly building my Facebook page, my business page by going live pretty regularly. And every time I go live, I'll like, you know, sit there and do a painting. Mm -hmm. And as I'm painting, I would just talk about how comforting painting is and how over the years, so many of my students, because I also teach locally, so many students would joke and tell me you're so much cheaper than therapy. And they would just keep coming back, (laughs) coming back. It was at the point where there were just two ladies that wanted to come to my house every week just to sit and have coffee and paint. They didn't care if I taught them anything. They, They just wanted to chill out and be present you Mm -hmm. know painting and that stuck in my mind and now we have our um 94 and 97 year old moms living with us so I'm basically a caregiver too on top of everything else Mm -hmm. and I realized how much comfort I myself find in painting I know that at the end of the day I could just come down to my basement I put on my friends uh, she's a classical piano player I put on her soft music and I just paint and, you know, in five or 10 minutes, whatever happened during the day that stressed me out kind of like, you know, disappears and I get involved mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. And I realize there's got to be, you know, a whole bunch of people out there that could use that kind of comfort, no matter what your life circumstances are. And in this day and age, more than anything, I mean, right now as we're taping, you know, everybody is home just mm-hmm. looking for something to do instead of getting so caught up in the news and the current events that could make you go crazy. It's nice to have a distraction to kind of keep your sanity. That is so true. That's so Mm -hmm. true. Um, So, okay. You didn't have much of a plan when you started this launch, but 
Can you tell us a little bit about the launch runway up until you actually so get to the launch, launch week? Uh, yes. What I did was, um, you know, as I got closer, so I actually, when I came back from Toronto at the end of August, I just started doing lives like once a day, sometimes twice a day. Hmm. And just keep doing that. And I saw my numbers gradually growing, going up. Um, now I'm at 1,750. I think I was at like, I don't know, 1,500, something like that. I'd have to go check. So little by little, people were liking it and sharing and my numbers going up and interacting. And, um, and then as I got to October, the week right before my birthday, I started really talking about it and saying, look, I have a painting club I'm opening. It's called a Creative Connection Painting Club. You know, think Netflix for painting you could learn mm -hmm. how to paint in the comfort of your own home in your pajamas i play soft music it's just very relaxing a lot of people tell me i i'm like the female version of bob ross with my soft soothing voice <laughs> i don't know if i believe it or not but hey i'll, I'll take it and it's just a, a way you know there's there's no commitment it's not like signing up for a year. It's month by month, and it's at a very low discounted rate. I started out at $17 a month, and I explained because this is brand new. You're going to help me build it. I'm going to ask you, you know, in my mind, I, I ha have things that I want to teach, mm -hmm. but that may not necessarily be what you want to learn. Mm -hmm. So once I get past the basics of, you know, how to load a brush, how to mix colors and stuff. I want your feedback and you please tell me. So this is going to be like a course custom made for each of you that are in the beginner group. And um, so that's what it's been. And I go live every week and a video tutorial in like once a week. And then uh, they chose Wednesday evenings to go live. So I go live every week and we'll do a Q&A about the week before the lesson. And I'll do another live demo and if they have any questions. And um, I only have a handful of members, a dozen members to start. But, you know, mm -hmm. considering how I did it, you know, the imperfect launch, I'm, I'm happy. I'm proud that I, you know, that I have a little bit of a following. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I built it up you know, talked about it more frequently. And then October 17th is okay. The doors are officially opened. And I had like a pre-registration form that my um, daughter helped me with. And yeah, everything was done through Facebook. Actually, I'm just remembering. My daughter came over one day. She says, I'm going to help you on Instagram. And because I don't know how to do Instagram stories. So she right. like in a half hour, she had like stories going and going and she had polls going for me and everything. And like 160 people interacted because I had an Instagram oh. page that I just kind of let die because it was just too much to curate that and Facebook. Yeah. I figured just pick one and try to grow that. Um, but anyway, I got one new member just from her doing what she did on Instagram for me. And yeah, so from the 17th to, to the 21st, I said I was closing it on the 21st. And mm -hmm. I went keeping it open a couple of extra days because at the last minute, people wanted to join. They didn't know how. So, you know. Yep. Um, so all in all, at the end, I wound up with um, 12 members. So now I have a, a dentist, an attorney, um, a new mom that she said, I'd love to, you know, do something for myself, but I can't get out of my house anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people, several people from different states. So I'm like, you know, across the United States now, it's really, it's exciting. Yeah. But I guess painting is, you know, it could be pretty much anybody because that's, like you said, it's something soothing, something calming about it, you know, so people feel comfort in 
sitting down, just pinning and letting their mind dive into whatever they're doing and focusing on. Yes. Yes. And what I've learned over the past uh, little bit of time is I had been focusing too much on kind of like what, who I should be targeting, what my message should be. Cause I felt like I'm a caregiver. So I should only target caregivers because mm-hmm. I spoke to them, you know, I knew their worlds and their language, but now right. of the recent events, I'm seeing that so many people in this world could use it now. So I probably wasted too much time going down those lines mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just should have been more. Well, yes. Instead of being specific on who they are, it's more about, you know, the, what it, what they're thinking and what they're feeling and what exactly. they're doing instead of the demographics. I mean, yes, it's yes. more psychographics, I guess. Right. And then in the end, they would find me eventually anyway. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So going forward, that's what I'm so did you do anything specific during the launch week that kind of helped you in any kind of way? I just went live more frequently and talked about it. That that was all I did. Mm-hmm. So you did a live launch basically? That's Yeah, yeah. that was just on Facebook, you know, because mm-hmm. I kept saying it, it's probably silly, but I didn't want to start an email launch cause, because of my hectic life being a caregiver and climbing ladders all day and we babysit grandchildren and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I knew I can't be consistent. Like now that I'm in quarantine, I could finally be consistent. <laughs> so I didn't want to start an email and like, cause I've done it before. I would send one email to my list and say, okay, next week I'm sending another and it would just never happen. So I'm like, right. I want to start doing that and have something else to worry about. Let me stick with exactly what I know. Mm-hmm. But going forward now, I mean, that's really ridiculous. I think it's about time that I just, you know, get out. I yeah, know. but still, you know, it's, yeah. you want to focus on the things that you know and that you I felt comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, felt comfortable with instead right. of trying to do something that doesn't really resonate with you at the moment. I mean, sure, maybe email is something you can do further down the line, but... uh you know, when you were launching that, the live launch is what you, was the thing that you felt most comfortable with, obviously. Yes, exactly. And I'm also learning that um, as I'm putting my tutorials together, I'm realizing I'm really creating a series from like the very beginning of painting. So now I could put, I could string my videos together and offer like a course, mm. you know, for people that don't want memberships, like learn how to paint in acrylics for beginners and have right. like a six video course and sell that as like a one-off, you know? And then if people want more interaction afterwards, then hopefully it could lead them into the membership. So my hmm. eyes opening up to different possibilities. Yeah. So now you're looking at maybe having online courses and then having the membership as a back end that you can yes. pitch to them afterwards. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. So what, did you take away from that first launch that you did in total? What was like the biggest thing that you learned from it? The biggest thing that I learned was that it's important to just take action. If you want something so bad and you know that this is in your heart, what you want to do, what you're called to do, because out of everything that I've done over the past 20 years of having a painting career, this is what I really love the best because I feel like I'm helping people. I'm serving people. Mm -hmm. My husband and I always talked about opening some sort of foundation that we could help people and raise money. And, you know, following Stu's lead, how he's like so philanthropic, And if he wants to raise a million dollars for, you know, the kids in Africa, he'll just create a hundred dollar product and sell it until he's made a million dollars. And, you know, so the bells kind of went off. I could 
you know, we don't need a foundation. My membership, once I get it up and going, that could fuel everything that we wanted to do to feel like we're making a difference in the world. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, so that excites me. And, you know, just if I could say anything to people, you know, maybe you're like me, you're quiet, you're introverted, but you have this passion. Just do it. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, fear is such a ridiculous thing. But when you have the fear, like I do, you know, it's it's hard to get over. But you Absolutely. know, just, just like you know, do it anyway. Being fearful because you never you're never going to get past it if you don't at least give it a shot and try. That's so true. And once we get dive into that fear, usually there's something good at the other end of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. do you have any plans now that you've done that first launch? Do you have a plan for a second launch? Well, I actually just opened it up now. Now I've been going live every midnight and sometimes at 3 a.m. I'm finding I'm getting a oh. bigger crowd when I go live at midnight, uh, Eastern time, New York time. It's crazy. Right. All of a sudden there's like 15 artists that'll pop on and interior designers. So I guess it's the creative brains that are just mm-hmm. like up all night. One night <laughs> I was I went on at 3.30 and I was online till 5.30 because more and more people kept kept wow. on. So um, I may have found my crowd. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to keep, to, I decided to reopen it now because of the current climate. And I mm-hmm. just, I'm slowly starting to say it's opened again. And I pinned the registration form to the top of my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got two members last week. Just from saying that, so mm-hmm. I really have to like buckle down, and you know, maybe I'll. I, I just ordered a ring light, so my uh, lighting will be better. Maybe I'll do a, a webinar, a taped webinar, and you know, yeah, do something like that. I'm trying to like push myself to do another step besides just doing mm-hmm. Facebook lives yeah. and see where this could take me. Yeah, it's just taking one step at a time and just building on what you already have, basically. But Mm -hmm. I love that fact that you open up your membership now that, you know, we're in this corona crisis period and just letting people come in because that's probably what they need now. They need that distraction away from everything else and just focusing on something else. And yeah, I really love that. And obviously it's working as well. Yeah, uh, you know, I go at a snail's pace, but that's okay as long as it's uh, as long as the snail is moving forward, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's you didn't know it's just one thing, one part of your business. You still have the other part of your business that's still going, yes. right? So, yes. right. so this mm-hmm. is something that you can build on, and over time, you know, you can just go full on online courses or memberships, obviously. Which yes. Is good. I- Yes, I'm kind of learning to accept my, um, you know, my shortcomings as far as, you know, the online and needing to know all the things and do all the things. I used to get frustrated because I feel like I built up my, you know, my local business very nicely over the years. And now I'm like, I'm 61 years old. I don't have another like 18 years. You know, I don't want this to be successful when I'm 80. You know, Mm -hmm. I need now but I'm trying to let that go and it's like you know what it is what it is a couple of people here and there keep growing I'm serving them and they're starting to tell people you know mm-hmm. it'll happen in due time and you know if I'm that upset by it then I just have to really step up my game and go back to the course and do it the right way <laughs> yeah but you know one step at a time and keep building yeah. it and showing up I am and you know things will work out in the end and showing up is so important because that's always the thing. I feel like, oh, if I show up and do Facebook Lives on my page, 
then I'm giving out too much free information and I feel bad for the member, for my paid members. I don't want them getting upset with me, but a lot of them, that's how they found me by doing Facebook lives. So they understand, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And they get more goodies inside the paid group yeah. than I do live. So I've kind of gotten over that, you know, fear and just, you know, just be there and serve and give away your stuff and do and show and people will find you. Yeah. So do you have any last tips that you can give to people who are, you know, thinking about doing either a membership or launching a course? I would say there's some sort of um, research that has to, you know, be done, but I'm thinking about there's so many crazy there's somebody that has a hundred thousand followers because he likes octopus and he got discovered by Facebook and now he's like a spokesperson for Facebook. It's just ridiculous. I was trying to say, make sure it's something not so out there, but that's not even the case anymore because like belly dancers and um, you know, things you couldn't even possibly think of that people are even in the tiniest of niches, they're finding Mm -hmm. a way to reach like-minded people and all of the millions of people that are on Facebook or online, Mm -hmm. you know, you only need, uh, I heard once, you only need 50 people to pay you $30 a month to make, what is that, $1,500 a month? I mean, that's not bad to get started. Absolutely if, not. If you look at it that way, you know, it all makes perfect sense. Don't look at it so daunting, like, oh my God, how is anybody ever going to find me? And I'm certainly not the only artist in the world doing this. And there are so many others much more successful than me. And sometimes I'll let it get me, hold me back. Oh my God, I'm never going to get where they are. But I have to give myself grace and remember, you know, they started five years ago. Mm -hmm. I have a following of 50,000 and 100,000. While I was going down the rabbit hole, instead of building my Facebook page, you know, they were being smart and stopping and building. And I didn't do that. So I'm behind the curve in that end, but I'm, I'm just pushing forward. And that's what I have to tell everybody, you know, get out of your comfort zone, do something that's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable. And what's the worst that could happen after you get over it, you know, it's over and done. And you could say, most likely you'll say, wow, that really wasn't that bad after all. I'm glad I forced myself to do it because now I could get over that anxiety that's over and done with. And what's the next step I could take now? Yes, exactly. Love that. So how can people find out more about you? Uh, are you, yeah, your Facebook page, uh, website, anything like that? My Facebook page is art, A-R-T, art by Debbie Viola, V-I-O-L-A. My website is debbieviola.com, which reminds me I have to go update. I don't even have a, a link. <laughs> I have nothing on my website that says that I do online Nothing, nothing at all. So that's the first thing I should go go yeah. fix right now. <laughs> we'll make sure to put everything in the show notes so that people can click through it and find it though. So. Oh, okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a little bit of time to make sure that everything is in place. No problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story. I loved it. I love that you took that imperfect action and just went for it. And I can't wait to hear you know, more about your membership one year from now and see how it's going. Yeah, I can't see where it's, I can't wait to see where it's at either. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you everybody for listening in. Uh, We'll talk again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, 
I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.